When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Okay, so major update. First of all, Brett and I have decided, we have decided after being home for a couple of weeks from New York, that we're not going to sell the beach house. Not at the moment anyways. We've decided that what we're going to do is is lease the beach house and basically spend like the next eight or nine months traveling, doing the things that, you know, I mean, nobody's promised tomorrow. This is the thing we said we always wanted to do. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. However, we're under the gun. We've got like two weeks basically to get the house ready to be leased. I mean, so none of our personal belongings can be here. It basically... You know what I'm saying? Like, can you imagine? Like, you've got to move out and there's like no traces of you, basically. Closets need to be emptied. Drawers need to be emptied. Pictures need to be taken down. Like, all of our personal effects need to be gone. And that's where you come in. I thought I would invite you over. Just joking. But it is really why this episode, this topic is so important and so personal. Right now, We need to do a decluttering like we have never done before. I am hella motivated, and I hope you are too, because listen, getting control of our clutter, uncluttering our environment is essential. Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for many years, you know I do this like every January, and you do it with me. And I hope that part of the process of being a regular listener is every year you find that you're, I mean, you're never going to be perfect. None of us are, but you're always a little bit better right? You develop these new habits and it's not nearly as big or as daunting when this challenge rolls around each year. This two-week deadline of basically being out of our home would have freaked me out. It would have caused me so much stress and so much overwhelm in the past. But because I've been doing this process with you every single year, it's not going to be that bad. It's going to be intense, but it's not going to be that bad. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to walk you through today in this episode, I'm going to walk you through the five stages of uncluttering, of decluttering your home that help to make this a habit, make it a system. And I've condensed all of that into one podcast. I hope you're ready. We're going to do this together. So in past years, I've done the declutter project over the course of about five podcasts because there really are five stages to this to make it stick. And I was going to do that again this year, but then there's also a big part of me that realizes many of you, you've already done that with me. And so you just kind of need a quick refresher. You don't want to spend five episodes on this, but in order for me to feel really good about this, I want to make sure you have everything you need. And so, I mean, this is hard for me to condense this down to one episode, but we're going to do it. And here's how I've done it. My team is amazing. Sierra designed this beautiful declutter workbook. And it basically, it's just a real simple download and you just fill in the blank. And this is going to be really key because what we need to do is put together a plan. I already know that you know you need to declutter. You've probably already started doing it. But if you don't have a plan in place and if you don't do these things in the right order, it's 10 times harder and your decluttering actually becomes more clutter. 
So we created this little workbook for you for free. It's beautiful. If I do say so on behalf of my daughter and of course myself, and you can get yours, just go to while you're listening to the episode, there's a link in our show description, or you can just the episode, as I always say, continues to play. You can open up a browser on your phone or whatever device and just go to shaleen.com forward slash declutter, D-E-C-L-U-T-T-E-R. All right. Then you just enter your email address and it'll come right to your phone or your email, whatever it is you want. And you can follow along with this guide. It's a a really simplified workbook. I'm telling you, it makes a huge difference. And I know firsthand that decluttering is, well, it can feel impossible, especially when you're someone who, you're a mom who holds on to lots of sentimental mementos or you just struggle to donate things or to give things away because it feels like you're wasting money or or maybe you have a collection of things or or maybe it's hard to admit that you hate clutter but at the same time you also love buying things you know what i'm saying like it can sometimes feel like an impossible battle but it's a battle that we have to wage at least once a year i've been there not only have i been there i'm there right now and what i do know is you don't have to be perfect but it is important. Clutter has a negative impact on your mental well-being. It has a detrimental impact on your creativity, your productivity, and just your clarity. I mean, you can't think straight when there's clutter in the room. Research has shown that a cluttered environment can actually increase your stress. It increases anxiety. It increases depression. And when we're surrounded by clutter, I mean, it's hard to relax. It's hard to unwind. You always feel like there's things that need to be done, and that doesn't feel good. And clutter costs us the thing that we all want the most, the thing that is most valuable to us, and that is our time, right? Because when your area, when your space, when your things are cluttered, it takes so much more time to find what you need. We waste so much time, and it kills our productivity. Before we get into the five stages, I want to be clear that decluttering is not about getting rid of everything. It is, however, about developing new habits and systems and then sticking to those systems. And it's important to acknowledge that what is going on in your environment is often a direct reflection of what's happening in your mind, right? So if your environment looks very chaotic, looks very cluttered, that's likely a reflection of what your mental state feels like right now. What do you want your mental state to feel like? I know what I want mine to feel like. I want mine to feel joyful and creative and happy and peaceful and serene. And I am not going to feel those things if I'm just like looking around and there's so many things that are not where they're supposed to be. They're not in their home or they're not needed. They're just taking up space. So let's start with stage number one. And the first stage is all about planning. If you just jump into uncluttering your environment without a plan, you're going to be doomed from the start. Your intentions to declutter are actually going to create more clutter and more chaos and way more stress. So let's not do that. Instead, I want you to have a plan. And that's the other reason why you definitely want to download that companion guide because We've created all these like little easy fill in the blanks in this workbook and like a checklist so that you know that you're doing things in the right order so that your project to declutter, to unclutter your environment, even that process is organized. 
So please heed my warning when I say you need this plan to happen on paper. In stage one, I'm going to ask you to examine where this started. Okay, because it's kind of like if you're someone who has a cluttered environment, it started somewhere. It's like anxiety. You can feel a lot of anxiety and then do some meditation, take a nice walk, and you can feel your anxiety come down. But if you're never looking at the origin of it, it's just going to keep coming back. And the same is true of clutter. And so what I'm going to ask you to do in stage one is really kind of unpack some family stuff. Like, what is it about the way you were raised, or maybe your parents or your caregivers, that led you to feel the way that you do about your space, the way that you keep things, the way you maintain your home, the way you organize your closet or don't, how you feel about sentimental objects, how your money mindset might impact the way you think about holding on to items that you know you haven't used in forever, but they're just taking up space, but you can't let them go because you know they have value. Like we need to look at all of these things. It's very important. You want to consider any past experience that had an impact on your money mindset. Like, do you have a scarcity mindset? Do you have a fear that if you let go of something, you're going to need it in the future and and you won't be able to afford to replace it or that it's wasteful in some way to replace it? These are all really important things to consider. I also think it's important to ask yourself, what are you teaching your kids? And for those of you who are parents, it's important to consider what type of messaging you're teaching your kids by the way you treat things or the way you hold on to things? Are you sending them the message that we don't have enough, that our things define us? Is the way that you're holding on to like that broken mug or things that no one uses and no one needs, are you sending your kids a subliminal message that we're broke, we're poor, and our money's going to run out? I don't know, but I'm asking you to spend some time like really thinking about the messaging that you received and maybe the messaging that you're sending out to your own children, if you have them. Stage one is also to ask yourself, or I should say, allow yourself to dream, to be inspired, to want more for your space. I want you to actually think about like, how do you want to live? How do you want each room to feel? What do you want your bedroom to feel like when you walk into it? What do you want to feel when you walk into your kitchen? How do you want the people who live in your space or who come and visit you in your space, how do you want them to feel? What is it you desire? What is it you dream for your garage? What is it you dream for your closet? If you had a magic wand, what type of energy would you feel when you walked into the area where you work? You know, because this project isn't just for your home. It might be for your space at work. So as you go through the workbook, you'll see that there's a place for you to fill in your own description on what certain rooms make you feel right now and what you want those rooms to feel like. And this is really, really important because by going through that process, you're going to have a better sense of what areas you should start with because you cannot unclutter your entire home, your garage, your vehicle, and your office space. You can't do it all at the same time. Stage one allows you to triage the area so you know which area is causing you the most stress. And then second, and then third, and then fourth, And that step is really important before we move on to stage two. In stage two, you're going to look at a couple of things. You're going to look at your calendar. You're going to look at your true availability each day and each week for the next month or more, maybe. 
Again, if you're using the workbook, you're going to see that I am going to ask you to look at specific days on your calendar and see how many minutes you have on each day, and then you're going to need to schedule them. And here's why this is so important, okay? Even if you're not using the guide, you are not going to just like randomly find time to unclutter your home. You're going to need to make time. So that means you're actually going to need to look at your schedule each day and say, all right, well, let's see, on Thursday... There is this one hour period that I could do something here. Or if I woke up early on Friday, I could do about 30 minutes while I'm listening to the Shaleen show. You're going to literally schedule the time. And this is really important because scheduling that time is going to determine which area we're going to match that with. So for example, if you've only got 20 minutes on Tuesday morning, then it doesn't make sense for you to try to tackle the garage. If you only have 20 minutes, then what you're going to do is on that day on the calendar, you're going to write down the area that likely can be completely done in just 20 minutes. And that's usually, if it's 20 minutes, usually not an area, it's like a drawer. And in some cases, that's how you're going to need to do this. One small area at a time. We're going to break this down into bite-sized pieces. The biggest mistake that people make once they decide to unclutter is they think they can do it in a weekend. They think they can do their whole house in a weekend, and then they run into like an old photo album and get distracted if they have ADHD. So we're literally going to schedule each one of these areas and the time that you have available for those areas. I also want you to visualize what you want that area to look and feel like. And, you know, maybe go on Pinterest if you need some inspo for your pantry or some creative ideas to keep your laundry room organized. Okay. Also in this stage is based on the areas you're going to start with, like this week and next week, you need to figure out what type of tools do you need. So ideally, I suggest you have three different categories, trash, donate, and keep. And we're doing this in a particular order so you don't get ahead of yourself, so you don't end up buying things or doing things that are a waste of time and money. For example, you decide, all right, we're going to really declutter this weekend, so I'm going to order us a uh, giant trash bin, or I'm going to go to the container store and buy a bunch of new hangers and plastic boxes. Now, those things are going to come later when we put the systems in place, but first we have to figure out what we're keeping and what we're getting rid of. All right, you with me? All right, now let's move on to stage three. Stage three happens for a specific area once you've finished decluttering. Stage three, I like you to think of it as the investment you make in systems. And I don't want you to set up a system until you've cleared out the clutter. All right. So it's in stage three that you're going to look at a specific area that you have completely decluttered and ask yourself what it is you need. What is it you need to invest in and for what? In this stage, you define the function of the space you've decluttered. So for example, if you've decluttered your bedroom, but until you did the decluttering, you were using your bedroom to store, I don't know, fitness equipment you weren't using. And in the corner, you've got like a little craft section set up and maybe your husband is a gamer and one little corner of the bedroom has got his giant desktop computer and a gaming chair. I don't know, but many of us allow clutter to creep into other rooms. And then suddenly, before we know it, the dining room table has turned into a place to just collect papers. And before you know it, there isn't a specific home for specific things. But it doesn't have to be that way and it shouldn't be that way. Instead, 
everything in our home needs a home. It needs a place. It needs a place where everyone knows that's where that single thing belongs. And it's very possible to do this. It's just a habit, which we're going to talk about in the next stage. It's possible to do this because if you just think about your utensils, your utensils go in one place in your home. I've found this to be universally true for absolutely everyone. We all have one place where we keep our utensils. There's not a few of them in the junk drawer and sometimes they're found in the pantry or in the refrigerator or or sitting on the bottom stairs waiting for someone to carry them upstairs. No, everyone knows where the utensils go. And can you imagine what it would feel like if everyone knew where everything belonged and everybody put those things away, which meant that when you were looking for that thing, you would know exactly where it was. So in this stage, on paper, you're going to define what each space in your home, in your environment, in your apartment, wherever you live, what each space is for? What is the function of it? And sometimes in those spaces, you create subcategories. So for example, in my closet, you might have a place for your your heels, but you've got one row that is for your high heels and another row is for your winter boots and another row is for your summer sandals and another row is for your sneakers and they don't all get thrown together. It is these defined spaces and defined subcategories that free up space in our brain. When you look at just a big pile of shoes, believe it or not, it is exhausting to your brain. It might not feel like you have to make a decision, but your brain is solving a problem when it has to sort through, when visually you have to sort through unlike items. It is also in stage three where you need to take measurement because now you're setting up systems, right? And you want things to be very organized. I don't want you to spend money needlessly. There are so many great, like zero expense spent ideas and DIYs for bins and storage and shelving. You really don't need to spend much money here. And if you are obsessed with like the container store or whatever, just let me give you this pro tip. Take measurements first. And if you're going to use storage bins or boxes, always think about square edges. Round stuff just wastes space. That's my opinion. I'm recording this on Sunday night and I've already gone through my push journal and I have scheduled out the days and how much time I have on each day to start this project. And it's obviously it's urgent for us. We will likely be out of the house by like January 30th. So that means like on Valentine's Day, we are going to be traveling. We could be in a completely different state, a completely different country. Well, I'm going to be in the United States for sure. But I don't know where yet. And that's kind of crazy. It's kind of exciting. It's forcing the two of us to have some very serious conversations. And some people are not good at having this type of dialect conversation, communication with their partner. It's one of the reasons why I regularly tell couples who struggle to communicate to download the Paired app. You can literally use this app like five minutes a day. And I've heard from a couple of you that have downloaded it and said it really helped you to connect. And when you connect with your partner, it's just so much easier to be intimate. It's easier to, I don't want to say fall in love again, because it sounds kind of cheesy, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to feel love for someone who you aren't connected with. I reached out to Paired and asked if they had any kind of specials going on for Valentine's Day. And for us, they do. You get a seven-day free trial because you're a listener of The Shaleen Show and because you know I love this app, and you get 25% off when you sign up for a subscription. It's super affordable, you guys. Like, I'm not even joking. Paired, I'm going to spell it. It's P-A-R-E-D. 
I-R-E-D, like, you know, you're a pair, paired.com forward slash Shaleen. That gives you a seven-day free trial. And if you like it and you sign up, you get 25% off your subscription. The best way I can describe this app, it's like having a communication coach in your pocket. It gives you the right questions to ask that just start the right conversations, like the kinds of conversations that help you to feel more connected. And like I always say, it's hard to feel sexually attracted or to feel intimate with your partner if you're not connected in that way. And I have a challenge for you. I triple dog dare you to download this app and use it for your seven-day free trial. And I triple dog dare you to tell me if it doesn't bring the two of you closer. It will. Just use it. And we've got seven days for free when you use my link. So it's paired, P-A-I-R-E-D, paired.com forward slash lean. That gives you a seven-day free trial. And if you like it, which I think you will, you get 25% off your subscription. While on the subject of Shaleen Show sponsors that are perfect for Valentine's Day. Can we talk about Green Chef for a moment? I heard this company advertise on another podcast that I absolutely love, and the host lost a bunch of weight by having keto meals delivered, which I did not know you could do. So anyways, I know a whole bunch of you just signed up for my fitness subscription on Instagram where I'm I'm showing you exactly what to do to get in incredible shape build muscle. But what I'm not giving you are meal plans because everybody wants something a little different. And that's where Green Chef comes in because they make it so easy, whether you're, I don't know, maybe you're vegan or vegetarian or you need everything to be gluten-free, or maybe you're totally on a keto phase. Whatever way you're phasing your diet, whatever your dietary needs, they will put together recipes that suit all of your preferences. And then they send you a meal kit. And by the way, it's a myth. Like if you're thinking, well, if I get these meals delivered, isn't that super expensive? No, actually, with Green Chef, you're going to reduce your food waste by up to 38% versus grocery shopping. Okay, but this part is going to blow your mind. Green Chef is giving listeners, are you ready for this? 60% off plus free shipping. So here's what I say you do. You write a quick text message to your significant other and say, you know what? Roses die. You know what I'd love to have for Valentine's Day? I'd love to try Green Chef for Valentine's Day. Like, this is a win-win. Delicious meals. We're going to look great. Okay. Go to greenchef.com forward slash Shaleen 60. So it's not just my name. You want to put 60, the number, after my name because you want 60% off plus free shipping. Again, greenchef.com forward slash Shaleen 60. Send that text message right now to your sweetheart and tell them no candy, no flowers. This year, I want a meal kit. Not just any meal kit, the number one meal kit for eating well. Thank you to both of our show sponsors today. All right, back to uncluttering your life. Stage four. Stage four is all about the habits, right? Because again, the whole point of uncluttering our home is so that we don't have as much to think about, so that we don't have to make decisions needlessly. And if everything now has a home, then we've got to get in the habit, not just ourselves, but everybody else in our family, into the habit of putting things back in their proper place and doing it now, not later, but now. For those of you who are following along with the workbook that we created for you, you'll see that we put 10 really important habits. And that's the first one. The first one is remembering that everything has its proper place But there are certain things that we have developed the bad habit of just putting them down wherever 
for now. And then we're like, oh, I'll do it later. Okay. So the first thing I want you to do is identify those things that you regularly just toss them where they don't belong. And you tell yourself, oh, I'll do it later. Maybe it's paperwork or mail. Maybe it's when you take off your clothes at the end of the day or shoes or laundry or, or your makeup, whatever it is, make a list and have your family do this too. Or the people that live with you, make a list of the things that we all know that we're guilty of doing this with certain things. Okay. Because that's going to help us to become aware for number two. Number two is to practice the mantra, do it now and get everybody in your family or in your household or in your office space to repeat this mantra until it sticks. Like write it on post-it notes, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. If this is something you're really struggling with, or you think people in your household are going to struggle with, again, when you download that companion workbook, There's also five audios, and one of those audios is about breaking these habits, and there's some great stories in there that I think are really going to help the stuff stick. All right, number three. Number three is practicing the idea that some is better than none. Too often when it comes to cleaning up or uncluttering, we feel like, well, I'm just going to leave this huge mess here until this weekend and it's going to save me time. Or like, I'm not going to clean up now because I don't have time to do all of it. But the truth is, some is better than none. So even if you only have, say, 10 minutes or five minutes, do as much as you can to put things where they belong and to clean things up and to declutter because some is better than none. Number four habit to get yourself in is to never leave a room empty-handed. Make it a rule. Turn it into a habit that whenever you leave a room, as you're leaving, remind yourself, I've got to grab something from this space that doesn't belong here and return it to its home. All right, so never leave a room or a space empty-handed. Number five, remind yourself every time you let go of something, that you are freeing up space that allows you to move closer to the life that you want to live. Whether it's a bag of clothes that you're donating to the Goodwill or an old piece of exercise equipment that you're selling on Facebook Marketplace, whatever it is, every time you let go of something, you're moving closer to who it is you want to be. You're making space for something bigger, something better. Number six, Set a reset hour or whatever. Maybe it's a time frame. Maybe it's like 20 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever it is you have space for. But use a time frame every night that is dedicated to resetting an important space. For me, I can tell you that is my bathroom. So I place my push journal over my sink. I clean up everything in my bathroom, even though I'm going to wake up the next morning and pull out all my makeup and pull out all my hair supplies, all those things. Walking into that space in the morning and seeing it perfectly clean just is the best feeling. So pick one specific and very important space and dedicate whatever time frame you have each night to resetting that space. The seventh habit that's going to help all of these systems stick is to pretend that every day when you leave the house, a bunch of strangers are coming over to look at your home. Like it's up for sale and everyone in your neighborhood is going to be going through your home, companies coming over, your mother-in-law, whoever it is, you would be mortified if they saw the state of affairs right now. Like try to imagine every day when you wake up that this is the day, important companies coming over and you want your environment to represent who you are and how you live your life. Number eight, I know you've heard me say this before and I'm not the first, probably a lot of people have told you this, make your bed every single day. 
that my kids know, I don't care if you're staying in a hotel room, you're going to make your bed. Make your bed. It matters. It sets the tone. It sets the energy. How you begin your day is how you live your day. Like for me, this is how I show gratitude and appreciation for the blessing that I have a bed to sleep in and that it's comfortable and it takes care of me and allows my brain to repair and my body to be replenished while I sleep. And it is where you spend the majority of your life is sleeping in that bed, that vessel. Respect it, honor it. How you start your day is how you live your day. Even when we have guests staying with us, I tell them straight up front, listen, you can do just about anything in my home except leave your bed unmade. You need to make your bed. It's going to affect my energy if you don't make your bed. We're all making our bed, okay? All right. Number nine, repeat the mantra, touch it once. If you cannot reply to your emails in that moment, then don't open them now. If you can't sort through the packages that just came and put things back where they belong or take them to their appropriate homes, then don't open the package now. Touch it once, put it in its home, throw it away, or donate it. Get out of the habit of stuffing things into drawers, moving things around. There's nothing I find more annoying. You know what I'm talking about. Like, Maybe somebody comes over to tidy up your home. Maybe you have some cleaning people or your mother-in-law came over, whoever, or somebody thinks they're doing you a favor by shoving things in drawers. Mm -mm. No, (laughs) touch it once. And the number 10 habit that is part of stage four is doing your best to live by the philosophy of one in, two out. So for every new thing you bring into your home, you need to let go of two. Of all of these, like I've gotten really good at this one. I didn't used to be great at it. I'm getting much, much better. And the fifth and final stage of uncluttering your home and keeping it that way is figuring out how to overcome the reasons, the excuses, the beliefs that we have that make us hold on to things that we really, they don't serve us anymore. So there are things, let me give you the categories. We hold on to things that have sentimental value, right? Like it, it's someone special that gave it to us or it's a special photo or a a gift that someone who means a lot to us gave to us, but we don't love the gift or we don't use the gift or it's just taking up space. The number two category are things that we hold on because we feel like we might need it someday. I better hold on to this in case I'm ever invited to like a, a Miami Vice costume party. You know what I'm saying? It's that appliance that you've been holding on to for like seven years, even though you haven't used it. It's old crafts or supplies, clothes, things that you you just think, well, maybe someday I might need it or somebody else might need it. The number three category is letting go of things that you're afraid to let go because you feel like it's just being wasteful. You bought this really expensive sweater on sale six years ago. It was a designer sweater. You haven't worn it in six years, but you're like, well, I can't get rid of it because it's worth a lot of money So I can't donate it or I can't sell it or I can't give it away. The fourth category of things that we hold on to needlessly are things that people gave us as a gift, but we don't love it. We don't have a use for it. And now really the gift has kind of become a burden. We just keep hanging on to it because so-and-so gave it to us. And the fifth category of things that create a struggle or a challenge for us to let go really boils down to scarcity mindset. It's the thoughts that we have when we need to let go of something that is a result of conditioning from probably from an early age. These are usually experiences in our childhood that made us believe that if we let go of things, we lost control. 
But by holding on to things, like holding on to clothes that are completely outdated, you'll never wear again, holding on to items that we have no use for, but holding on to all these things, almost like hoarding them because we believe the universe won't bring us more. So we have to cling to these things. And when we cling to these things, we don't have space for more. And if that's something that you struggle with, I highly recommend some of the previous podcasts I've done on scarcity mindset because it takes some time to free ourselves from those handcuffs. I mean, those are like mental handcuffs, but you truly can free yourself from this stuff. You can completely change the way you think right now about some of the things you're holding on to that you just, you keep picking them up up and saying, let's just hold on to this for a little bit longer. And I saved this last stage for last because I find that this is a stage almost everyone universally struggles with. It's the things that we hold on to. We know it doesn't make any sense that we're holding on to it, but yet it's there and it's on our heart or it's in our head or it's in our our thinking and our mindset. And, and these are some of the toughest things to let go of. We all have them and it's okay. And there's different categories of that. Like maybe you lost someone very, very dear to you and you need to hang on to things for a little bit longer. Or, but maybe you've gone to a place where you're wondering if and when and how you would let go of those things. And if that's your struggle, I definitely recommend you listen to that fifth audio. Again, all five of those stages I've covered in great detail in a five-part audio series that you're going to receive automatically when you download the printable workbook that we created for you. Okay, so again, to grab your printable workbook and to listen to those five audios that are yours to download, you just go to shaleen.com forward slash declutter. All right, it is go time. If any of you would like to volunteer to come over here to help me declutter, I would greatly appreciate it. Let me know wherever you listen, whether it's in the Patreon app or if it's in our Facebook group, The Pod Squad, let me know what your plans are. All right, guys, let's do this. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, just do me a favor and double check and make sure that you're subscribed or following if you're actually someone who listens on the Apple podcast. And if you've got just like 30 seconds, it would really mean the world to me if you were able to leave a five-star review and tell me specifically what it is you liked about this episode. My show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do also have a business podcast that comes out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I host that with my son, Brock. It's called Build Your Tribe. You should check it out. There's always a link in the show notes. I'm sure you know this, but on Fridays, my episodes are very casual. It's very personal. It's usually stuff with myself and my husband. If you love that kind of stuff, I want to invite you to check out my Patreon. It's all of the Shaleen Show episodes ad-free. In addition to that, for just $5 a month, you get extra episodes. And this is this is the stuff that's like kind of too personal to put on the Shaleen Show. It, it's all personal stuff. There's like no like personal development. It's just real, raw, what's going on in our lives, stuff we can't talk about on the show. However, if you are easily offended, Patreon is not for you. That's not the place to be, all right? You can learn more about it by going to patreon.com forward slash the Shaleen Show. Any of the links that I referenced in this episode will show up in the show notes, which are just below the episode. To learn more about the services that I offer and to take advantage of some of the free resources, I invite you to check out my website, which can be found at shaleen.com. 